0: go today boy i'm excited we got robert melvin in the building this is tm3 impact my name is tomas martinez this show is brought to you by luxury home magazine and spanish grove academy the number one spanish immersion school by reviews in the city of san antonio Super excited, Robert, to have you here, my friend. The is so, mine. Listen, we're going to jump right into it because uh, we, there's a lot to talk about with you. You got a lot going on. You are an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. So I want to know, just right off the bat, tell me your San Antonio story. How did you get to San Antonio? The Cliff Note version.
1: All right, Cliff Notes. Um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Uh, I've lived in... Approximately 12 states, Uh, met my wife in Washington, D.C., attended law school in Michigan. We were living in Connecticut. It was that next move where, you know, this is where we were gonna set set down roots. Um, Living anywhere outside of the state of Texas, you realize that communities are very, very small, right? They they are walkable, for for lack of a better kind of description. So we would be coming from a a city in Connecticut where literally I'd walk to work every day, um awesome. To the city of Houston, where you're going to be sitting in traffic for 45 minutes yeah. going five miles, right? So that wasn't an option for us. Um, at the time, uh, then Governor Perry was hosting a business uh, recruitment summit in the city of New York. I was invited to come and participate in the dinner. Um, I sat there and listened to a very charismatic uh, Governor uh, Perry, as well as uh, Secretary of State Roger Williams, uh, give the most Texas welcome anybody could mm. ever uh, imagine. They, they walked in, they told their stories, um, but ultimately they said, if you want to make more money, you want your employees to make more money, you want your company to be more profitable, pack your bags and move to Texas. Right? You no, know, I'm Roger Williams, I'm Governor Perry, Thank you. And, yeah. I, and I thought it so was. So this was the pitch. Oh, that was the pitch. Wow. And, and I'm, you know, I'm a little guy sitting in the corner and I'm like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. And so uh, I was very fortunate to be asked uh, by the governor's administration to step in and uh, head up the small business advocacy uh, arm of okay. his administration. And I was humbled and we said yes. My wife was recruited to San Antonio. We didn't have any kids. Uh, my work work ethic is crazy. So waking up at you know four o'clock, being on the road by five, I could be in Austin by six six thirty mm. was not a problem, uh, and then I would just wait until you know. So 7 you were making
0: that drive every day from San Antonio to Austin every day. Every day, wow. wow, every day. How long? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: And so at that point, uh, San Antonio became home because of the feel. Ah. Uh, big city, right? Yeah. You can get that, that big city feel. Um, but when I was moving in, I was able to sit down with the uh, head of economic development, the, the industry leaders, uh, just on a phone call from you know, a mentor of mine. And you can't get that anywhere else in the world. No,
0: it's so true.
1: It, and and it, was a, it was a blessing in disguise.
0: It's so true. So you end up in San Antonio. I'm super glad you did. And we ended up meeting because of LSA. That's right. Yes, uh that's leadership right. San Antonio and that's how we ended up meeting. So now Cla- I want to Class of 41 by the class way. Class of 41. Now they now they, they they try to say it's the
1: best class ever. Oh, they don't try. They they oh well. They don't try. They say it, they say it loud and they say it proud. They Come do on, say
0: it proud. That <laughs> is very true. <laughs> They are very proud, but I want to just make a case for 39, okay? Uh, okay? There you go. 39 was the original best class ever, right? And then 41 had to come and make it right. But, hey, I was on the steering committee for 41, it's so we like, had a good time.
1: It's that flavor that made us what we were.
0: That's right. We had a good time. So what I want to do now, we know how you got to San Antonio. I want to go back a little bit. and because when If you have the chance, you guys, please look at this man's LinkedIn account you got to go to Robert Melvin's LinkedIn account. And, and when you see his story laid out, you realize that this is an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. And one of the things that I'm curious about is I want to know, tell, take me back to your first entrepreneurial moment.
1: Wow. Um, there, there, there are several. Uh, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So my grandfather, with a sixth grade education, moved to the city of Houston um, he owned several, uh, gas stations, um, a package store, uh, that's still around today. Um, so I was always around the, the idea of, of being your own boss, right? The master right. of your fate, the con, you know, controlling every aspect of one's life. And my first job was, you know, working at the liquor store, right? Wow. I, I would break down boxes yep. and I'd get $20. Okay. So, um, the neighborhood that I grew up in wasn't, wasn't the most safe or savory neighborhood. Uh, so a lot of the guys that would purchase their vices would, you know, sit on the side of the building and they would consume and where I would break the boxes down, I'd have to cross these guys. Okay. And, you know, I was scared. I'm eight years old, seven years old, seven, eight years old. And you have to walk by and and you're listening to the, the, the street talk and, um, Finally, I came back in, and my grandfather's knowing that my production was slowing down. He goes, Man, I'm not giving you 20 bucks just to give you 20 bucks. And I said, Well, you know, they're these guys on the side of the building. He said, Well, what are they doing? I was like, Well, they're drinking, and, you know, they're kind of just hanging out, talking loud. He goes, All right. He goes, Well, where do they buy their, their alcohol? I assume from you. And he goes, Okay, so if you're nervous, why wouldn't you go out there and befriend? engage and this is I'm eight years old right, you right. Know? And these are like you know we these are grown men grown men winos right <laughs> and so you know he goes well how much money are you getting that's twenty dollars that's what you yeah. promised me he goes well do you need that twenty he goes I'm buying you lunch he goes do you need the whole twenty and I and the message was not sinking in he goes well what if you just made ten yeah and I said okay he goes what if you went out there and offered those guys ten bucks to break those boxes down You think they they would accept it? And, you know, nervously, I go out and I broker a deal where, you know, I'd give them 10 bucks and I'd bring the boxes from inside the store, throw them on the side of the building. They break them down, put them in nice pallets. And if they got it to my grandfather's approval, because that's all that mattered. Right. Then I'd give them the 10.
0: And you kept, and the, other I kept ten. the other
1: ten. Oh, so goodness. that was the first lesson, right? And that's
0: that's a good lesson. So on
1: Saturdays, what was a a, a very uh, anxious field kind of movement. Then yeah. became like butter because now it was all right. Now all I have to do is all right. Do we have boxes to break down? Because that yeah. was the easy chore. Right, cleaning the glass floors—that was all me. But yeah. breaking down those boxes, now I increase my ability to you know make some money yeah. while kind of minimizing the amount of work that I actually had to put in. Right, and so that was—I would say that that was my first kind of you know entrepreneurial experience. Yeah, then, you know, from there, um, it, there's always that. All right, how can I make A little extra scratch okay so in high school you know um, you notice your friends cars are are really dirty okay and you know there's nothing more important than a clean ride when you're in high school right so um, I started cleaning or or washing you know my, my peers cars oh wow and then one of the parents was like man you do a really good job now all I was doing was taking it to the gas station Getting the $5 wash or the $2 wash, put some all on the tires, okay. put a little spray on the inside so it smells good, and you you know, make 10 bucks, 10, 15 bucks. Yeah. Well, then the parents caught wind, you know, and they were like, hey, can you come and do our cars? Yeah. And so you kind of fall now back. Now you got a business. Not, now it's a business, <laughs> right? And so on Saturdays, I'd wake up, I'd go get the parents' car, meet them at their home, and they all, you know, typically, they would have multiple cars, whether they were old or new or whatever. But I would detail all those cars, and she. So they with,
0: would give you the keys and let you drive oh yeah, to go. Absolutely. Wow! Absolutely. You were 16 years old. I
1: was 16, 17 years old. Okay. Yeah. So How I would, big did you get? I, you know, I was doing about three to four hundred bucks a weekend. Oh my goodness. Because that was that's awesome. You know, the first question is, well, how much do you charge? Right. Well, I'm charging your daughter ten dollars. Right. But if she has ten dollars, you got to have at least one hundred. Right. Right. So so you you kind of play with it. And the first number I threw out was uh, I don't I don't know where I got it from, but I was seventy five dollars for cars, one hundred and twenty five for SUV. Oh, snap. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you turned it into a business business.
1: Oh, I, I was I was all in. That's fantastic. I
0: was so, so. F- I mean, really, that was probably one of your first kind of like business ventures. Did you did you get to the point where you had your card, like a, a business card or a flyer? Were you doing any of that? Was this pure word of mouth? Pure
1: word of mouth. Wow. Pure word of mouth. And, and they kept me busy because yeah. what would happen is the neighbors would see their vehicles and then they say, well, you know, who does your cars? And they yeah. go, oh, you know, my daughter's classmate. And so then I'd come over the following weekend. And so all I needed was really four four clients, four homes, Uh. because the rotation would then start over, you know, after four weeks, I'd go back to the original
0: house. There you go. Yeah, repeat business. Constant.
1: (laughs) Constant. It's the flywheel.
0: All right. So I love that. That's a great story. And it's, you know... I don't know. We, we probably have some young listeners and or I, I, I want to d- the parents, if you're listening to this right now, you I, I would imagine there's some parents out there going, man, I wish my kids would just try to do something entrepreneurial. And the thing is, is I I think that in this day and age, there's such a distraction. There's so many things to distract them from, even the opportunity that, hey, let them listen to this and and help them understand that something small can turn into something bigger. And I'll give you a case in point. My dad and I are golfing. We're at Canyon Springs Golf Course right here down the street. And we come around, I don't know, it's whole six seven whatever and it's going in between the neighborhood this this hole cuts in between the neighborhood and we come upon this this uh boy and a girl and they have golf balls now i'm talking like baskets and baskets of golf balls so i walk up and i immediately i'm as a as a as a former teacher as a dad i'm looking at this and i'm going okay how much are your golf balls i'm just Oh, well, these are $2. Right these, these are the Pro V1s. Right on. They knew their product. Absolutely. That blew me away. I ended up buying about $6 worth of balls and a couple of those soccer balls. I don't. You seen the ones that look like soccer balls? Absolutely. Okay. So I ended up buying those for my son. And I remember going home and I told Enzo, I said, Enzo, I want to tell you. And I told him this story. And I thought, man. So last question I asked the kids, I said, how long y'all been doing this? They said, oh, we've been doing this for about three years. Guess how much money? This blew my mind. They had raised almost $10,000 selling golf balls.
1: Oh, they didn't raise it.
0: Goodness, gracious! they worked. They, they,
1: they made it. Yeah, they made
0: that money. But when you saw the baskets, each one of them was divided up. They knew the brands. They knew everything. Absolutely. It blew my mind. Absolutely. So, you know, I, 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 I'm glad you shared that story about your first entrepreneur. So who was your first mentor? Who was the person? Was it the uncle? Was it, was it, the, was it someone along in the family member? Because you, you were raised with entrepreneurs, so I'm curious.
1: I would say my first entre- uh my first um, mentor, would have been my my brother, because I think that there's that there's individuals that are in your life that provide lesson. Okay. But the role of the mentor is to help you kind of decipher what that lesson is and its application. Okay. To, to the life, right? So my, my grandfather would deposit pearls of wisdom constantly. I mean, okay. he he was a walking, like you know, old wise man. Okay. And. It, it sometimes goes over your head right it's not until later or not until you're able to kind of get that that individual who was able to help decipher what right. those messages meant and it's after being repeatedly nailed into your head or True. drilled into your head that you now understand what he's trying to convey okay and it, you know at that point it kind of opens your eyes so I would say my first uh, mentor would have been my brother uh, okay T- Timothy Melvin he's not yeah. my business partner
0: okay yeah. And what do you what's the biggest thing you think you've learned from your
1: brother? Oh man, there there's so many things. Yeah. Right?
0: So, older or younger? He's older. He's older, okay. He's older.
1: Um anything that you do, you do it with a hundred percent of yourself or you don't do it at all.
0: Ah, uh, I like that.
1: That's and, good. And that is a um it's a blessing and a curse. I, yeah. I, I have that as a um, as a personality trait, I, I am all or none. Yeah, you're all in at 100%. <laughs> and it doesn't right. matter what it is, I, I never uh, half ass yeah, whatever it is that we're approaching and, and yeah. you get what you put in, right? right So if you go in with a half step, then you're gonna get a half step result and then it makes you question the ultimate decision like was that worth? You know, was that a bad decision? Well, no, it may not have been a bad decision, but you didn't give it an opportunity to grow. You didn't get it, yeah. give that seed an opportunity to produce fruit because you only half watered it. Yeah. And so I would say that that's probably one of the best lessons that that he's taught me. And then there, he's a lot older. He's like yeah. fifteen years older. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm the youngest of seven. You're, you're the baby. I'm the baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know the that. Okay. Of seven. So. Um, Those lessons were drilled in my head uh, at an early age that, you know, whether it was, you know, cutting the grass, you know, and and as kids, you always look for kind of ways out Mm. of doing things. You know, I'm going to do the backyard, Mm. then I'll go back and I'll do the front yard or I'm going to cut the front yard because that's what they see. They don't go see the backyard. So as long as the front yard is is nice and, and tight. You know, I, I can put the backyard mm-hmm. off, and then as a hard lesson there, because that backyard doesn't stop growing. That's right. And so that means you're putting in, you know, three times the work to accomplish something that would have taken you, you know, an hour. Now right. you got to take three hours just to get get it done. Yeah. So you know, I would say that that you know that was uh, the, the the first real mentor. And now since then, I, I've been extremely fortunate to kind of diversify my mentor portfolio. That's right. Yes. You know, I think you.
0: Yes. Which leads me to this next question, sure. because I, I, I do think, you know, when you bring what brought you here was being able to be a part of the small uh, uh, the small business advocate. You became a small business advocate Certainly. Uh, uh, in Austin. Right. And I mean, I would imagine you got to meet just the who's who in business across Texas uh, uh, internationally. I mean, you even told me about that internationally. Talk a little bit about you know what it was that you learned while you know you were in this role as a small business advocate.
1: So that's a great question. Um, in the role of small business advocate, as the small Texas small business advocate, my responsibilities were to assist the growth um, and expansion of small to mid-sized uh, firms through you know government contracting. Um, through uh, international growth and development, um, through market expansion. Um, And and in that capacity, I was a one-man shop. Wow. Uh, And so that was the first challenge, right? How do I create an environment that allows for me to appear as the 800-pound gorilla because I have the backing? of the executive office of the state of Texas, mm-hmm. but we don't have the resources mm-hmm. uh, currently to be able to have the outreach that's necessary. Okay. And one of the, the first tasks was, how do I increase my presence without, with the, the limited resources yeah. that I'm afforded, right? right? So the first thing that I set out to do was to travel the state, and meet with every small business development center as well as every sba regional representative mm-hmm. um, to align myself with their efforts wow. so that we can kind of create a partnership yeah. and i didn't know how that was going to unfold yeah well it worked out fantastically because what ultimately happened was that there was this desire and this hunger to have more of, of, a, of a relationship with the state of Texas, in particular, the Economic Development Office. Um, and by me going out, and, and, and that was on my my you know three-month, six-month, one-year plan, it allowed for me now to increase my presence across the state, being only right. one man. Wow. And I forged fantastic relationships with those SBDC centers, yeah. as well as the SBA offices. Um, and so that was the first kind of task. Yeah. Um, the, the, the second was I needed money. I, I needed to get funding for. Oh, this
0: was this was a f- direct funded group. Yes. Wow. Yes, I, I was.
1: I was. Um, the, the small business advocate position is a legislatively funded position. Wow. So from a job security standpoint, I was, as long as I was able to kind of keep my head above water, you know, I would be able to kind of ride that wave. Okay. Um, but, but there is no joy in riding a wave, no. right? You, you, you got to continue to kind of push the envelope. So yeah. w- what I was able to do is secure uh, $1.5 million in funding from the Texas Workforce Commission to support small business initiatives across the state. Okay. So now I was able to grow my shop from a one-man shop to a five-man shop in and how long and the first that was within the first 18 months
0: wow that's awesome
1: and part of that that strategy was i did not want to hire individuals that were just interested in and in working in the executive branch i needed to hire you know industry leaders yeah. right so the my, my first team was former ex- ceos okay and i'm a 27, 28-year-old, know-nothing kid, yeah, yeah, and I'm talking you to you. You knew the, a whole lot
0: more yeah, than, than you thought. Well, absolutely, but
1: there's an intimidation factor when you True. sit across the table and you're interviewing, True. you know, a 55-, 60-year-old man who has been the, the former CEO of Goodwill or, yeah. you know, all of these these fantastic organizations. So, you you know, uh, another life pearl was you got to fake it till you make it. Yeah yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So, you know, you never let them say you sweat. Yeah. So when I would engage in these interviews, some of them I knew that I wouldn't be able to work with because optically they would never be able to kind of see themselves in a in a role that I was trying to create. Right. I was fortunate. Um, Malcolm Gardner, yeah. Thomas Walker, um, Larry Ruggiano. Um, Uh, Nikita Rogers I mean these were were, were really thought provoking leaders who got excited about going out being because I mean we were in the field this was not a cushy sit back answer the phone kind of a gig this was we're going to be on the field we're going to be meeting with small businesses we're going to be bringing our expertise to the table we'll be conversely going to the state and seeing what opportunities exist Okay, you know where is the lowest hanging fruit for these various industries and It was honestly the best time I think I've had. Uh, I mean, it definitely goes So you were on the road. Man, we were rolling. You were on the road. So
0: this was, was this more of a consulting play? Was this, you were bringing these guys in to help go out and consult small businesses? Was it from a consulting, or was it more uh, helping them make more connections?
1: A combination of both, right? So there's an education component associated with it. So if you're in let's say you're an asphalt yeah. and you're a successful company that, it, that that's working in a local kind of level but you're not aware that text dot is actively pursuing and seeking you know in small businesses ah. to you know help with the expansion of the I-35 corridor yeah. or you're you know in the landscaping business and you have you know Uh, bush hogs and tractors but you're kind of operating on a on a local level not knowing that there's state contracts that are available where you know you need to clean up this portion of highway and you know this opportunity exists but there's a shortage of small businesses that are actually out there who are engaged, but it's not because they, they don't exist because they don't know.
0: They have no idea the opportunity is Absolutely. there. Wow. So
1: what we would do is we partner with tech We partner with the health and human services. Mm-hmm. We partner with Texas workforce commission mm-hmm. so that one on our side, we understood what opportunities existed. And then on the flip side, we use our network of SBDCs, the small business development centers that we had created. Cause you it, had
0: already built those relationships, those relationships were yes. in existence
1: and now we would use them as the outlet to be able to push that information out to their region okay and so it, it was um it was fun yeah I, I can honestly say that you know driving the entire state of texas may yeah. not have been the, the yeah. most fun <laughs> right. uh, but I'm did one you get a
0: company vehicle with this yeah we get a company vehicle they
1: weren't they you had weren't that for tourists. Cal- exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and and remember the age of these guys. Right, so we're listening to smooth jazz right. All the entire day. trip. Right, and I mean it, that it, it, or
0: less. Are uh, uh, they going to listen to Les Brown? They got some motivational absolutely. tapes.
1: You know, it tapes because you know it was that's that's the kind of era we were in. Right, it, it, I wouldn't trade yeah. those those moments for anything in the I world. Bet. I mean, and and we st- I'm still in in contact with everybody, and we talk about it. We had yeah. uh, we were very aggressive. We, yeah. we had a lot of fun. Um, and it was, it was good timing.
0: That's fantastic, yeah. man. So I think with, with, it's interesting because I knew a little bit about that, a little. But now hearing it and understanding, it, it really helps even paint a picture knowing what you've been able to accomplish recently right. because of your project at the, at the Pearl, the project that you have at Park Avenue, and just the logistics of... You know, having to figure out how to create a patent and, and, and all of the things with the storage containers. There's so many moving pieces, but you took it. You were three years figuring out how to you know put together pieces, put together the puzzle because you were you were seeing the opportunity, but now you had to be be the connector. Correct. So what do you do? I mean, obviously, those three years, you're using all of those skills constantly in what you do today
1: that, that that's absolutely correct yeah uh, i think there's an old saying um a man who plan who fails to plan is planning to fail right and so every aspect of of what we do um is about pen and paper yeah. right you know I, I can't tell you how many times that i pull over on the side of the road to jot down ideas or yeah. questions i mean even on the way over here this morning i'm on the phone with my general contractor like hey what if we you know expand by 320 you know can we reduce height you know just constantly constantly allowing for the ideas that that are in your your subconscious to come yeah. to fruition and you can only do it through planning right yeah. i mean and, and it, it's a it may be painstaking but it's necessary yeah you know and, and failing is ne- necessary right yes. so you know i don't want uh, this to come across that everything that I do is gold like, is, is far from the truth. But early on, I met a, 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 a mentor mm-hmm. who said, you know, you want to fail fast. Yeah. Right. So you, you want to be able to know, understand that the direction or the path that you're on is not going to yield the fruit that you are expecting very quickly. Yep. Because that allows for you to kind of fall back reassess, re strategize, and then go plant new seeds. Yep. And, and that's, that's a very humbling experience because nobody wants to be a failure. Nobody likes that idea, but the reality of it is there is no success without those failures. Right. And it's, you know, those become notches on the ladder that help you get further along. Uh, it took me a long time to appreciate that. Um, I could share some early kind of you know experiences where you just you felt like man i knew better i should have did yeah. this i can't believe I, I lost so much money because of x y or z yeah um i'm not i'm never doing it again i'm gonna get a nine to five right um and then you know you you realize well you won't make that mistake again right you learn you, you know that you, you know that there's a bar there so you know you need to duck Right, you know, or you will hit your head again. Or a stiff jab from Tony. Or a stiff jab, and you know, great point, right? I know, I know about that left hand. So if I know about the left hand, when I get hit, I can't go cry to Tomas and say, "Hey, Tomas, I got hit with his left hand. That's right. He's a lefty. That's right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think it was interesting what you said earlier because you say um, you go all in when you do something. And I think that's, for for entrepreneurs that are out there, that if you're listening to the TM3 Impact, we appreciate you. Make sure you share. But I, I I think the interesting thing is, is that if you don't go all in, it's really hard to have that fast failure, right? It's like a slow burn. Like, you, you kind of dip your toe in. We're like, I'm going to try this. Correct. And then it's like this slow process and... You, you kind of know that man, things aren't working. I don't know if this is working. But because you didn't go all in, you didn't get to that failure quick enough. You didn't learn quick
1: enough. Without Touch on question, that. Without question. I think uh, th- there's entrepreneurial books, small business books, motivational books, leadership books. I mean, there are you know no shortage of writings on how to succeed right. as an entrepreneur. Um, but there is nothing... That can take the place of trial and error, that's so and true. when you're reading these books, you know the the first thing that I would just kind of throw out there is that he's making money on that book. So that's an entrepreneur who wrote a book that you purchased yeah. to better yourself, but you're you know kind of furthering that entrepreneur's mission of spreading the word. Yep. so I, I think it's extremely important that when you make that decision, that I am going to do whatever it is that, you know, you're going to do two things. One, it has to be your passion. Yeah. Right. It cannot be driven by, by money. Money is a byproduct of whatever your, that, that thing is the planting, the fruit of that tree is a byproduct of the seed, the soil, the water, you know, making sure that it's protected, and mm-hmm. you know you're you're nourishing, keep the weeds out of the garden, right? Yep. And then that you're allowing that that tree to flourish, and then you reap the benefit, which is the fruit. Y- you can't reap the fruit if you're not monitoring or, or, or paying attention to the soil and that seed. Yeah. And I, I use that analogy a lot because that's what we do, right? right. We're planting seeds uh, in an effort to extract fruit but if there's no passion if there's no no true interest yeah. in and in what you're doing then it's gonna be highly difficult for that to be a success because you don't believe in it 100 percent right right and then for those that maintain and by no means is my journey your journey or anybody else's so I'm not encouraging you to quit your job right and go out and you know mortgage the house or do anything of that nature everybody has their their, their own path um but I, I didn't I, when I made the decision to jump out and to become an entrepreneur, I knew I could not maintain my nine to five. Yeah. So when I left the governor's office, I knew that if I would have kept my pension, if I would have kept my uh, retirement plan, if I would have kept those things, then that safety net is always an option. Yep. And when I decided to leave, I did probably one of the dumbest things, but most brilliant things I could have okay. ever done. Yeah. And that was I cashed all of it in.
0: Interesting.
1: And w- when you do that, you're basically saying, I'll never come back and touch this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you have to go through an exit interview process. And they're like, hey, whoa, no time out. Let me explain. <laughs> have you to talked you
0: to your financial exactly. advisor?
1: <laughs> Let me explain to you what you're actually doing right now. Right, right, you know, right, right. if you come back, right. you know, this won't be here. Yeah. You know, and they, they, they run it through the mill. But I knew that if it was there, yeah. then when the pressure was too much and the pressure is going to come, yeah, then you know I might be tempted to pick up the phone and say, "You know, is there do you need my assistance? Yeah. you know, can I come back? Is there something there for me?" Yeah, but if that's gone, well, hell, I'm starting from scratch, yeah, so yeah, that 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 appeal was no longer present, yeah, and so I, I cut the strings of that. Of that safety net, and yeah, I jumped in with both feet,
0: it's, and, it's and, the idea of burning the ships, you just it, burn the ships, and hey, hey man, I'm on a canoe. we don't have a
1: choice <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have a choice, that's right, yeah, you, you, you burn the ships you you sit on that canoe and you you try to make a paddle,
0: yeah, and, you just got to keep going, and, you, and that's all you can do, right, I love it, um so. Let's talk about right now. You are you are in the midst of putting a project and wrapping up a project by the Pearl. Yes, sir. And, and, and we'll, we'll we'll this will kind of lead into the last couple of questions. And um, I, I I I'm going to put the pictures up, but I, I want you. to – I remember you and I had a cigar session, and we were talking about this idea of storage containers. And I remember, because, you know, my, my wife and I, we, we, we're always fascinated by houses, you know, hence Luxury Home Magazine. But, but this, this has been a trend that's been around for a while. People have been trying to figure out, you know, sustainable housing, right? Trying to figure out how, how can we make housing more affordable, but then how can we take something, reuse it, and repurpose it? and make it better and so i remember in the cigar session we're talking and you're like hey I, I, i'm i'm gonna make these luxury townhouses and i'm gonna make them out of storage containers and i remember sitting i was just like man i can't wait to see this <laughs> i can't wait i look take me i want you to kind of take us the journey on this podcast the kind of the birth of that idea
1: to where it is and as I show the pictures of Park Avenue. Certainly. Um, it's funny how everything kind of goes back to I-35 and my yeah. journeys to Austin, right? Um, there's a lot of time to think and, and contemplate. And there was a company that was converting old shipping containers into um, uh, makeshift offices for construction sites. Okay. And I just, you know, every day you drive by on the way back and you just kind of look over. And finally, one day I stopped and I went and I spoke with the, the salespeople. And you walk in and you realize, man, this is nice. This is, this is really cool because, you know, you're looking at 10-foot ceilings. It's, it's not what, you, what I had expected, right, when I walked in. Get back in the car and I'm like thinking to myself, I wonder why they don't build more homes yeah. utilizing that material, you know. And, and time moves on. And, and, and it's always at the back of your mind. Um, I, I jumped back into real estate back in 2013. And uh, that's a whole different story. I mean, okay. when I said talk about the losses and the, yeah. the lessons learned, well, 2008 hurt a lot of people. Yes. You know, I've walked into closings with a $20,000 check that, and I'm the seller. Oh. And that that's that not hurts. a good. Oh, man. Right. And so getting back into real estate, um, we were rehabbing commercial and residential properties uh i had uh, i own land by the pearl and i i had this idea you know walking out of the pearl one day the timing right it's like jump rope it's like when do you jump in when do you actually execute on that idea and the pearl represents everything that is right about recycle repurpose reuse and doing so in a, a way that is beautiful and so that's when it hit me like that this is the time, like the, the time is now, the, the temperature is right, the water is perfect, you have to do it. And so at, at the time I just so happened to own a piece of land that was across the street from Hotel Emma and I spoke with my, my general contractor and he, he's like us, he's all in, you know, yep. gung-ho. Um, and so we began to embark upon that journey. I would engage and talk to my mentors. All right, Because I'm real big on mentorship. I think that mentors help you uh, avoid a lot of costly mistakes. Um, they give you perspectives because they have achieved a level of success mm-hmm. um, that allows for them to be a lot more um, palatable mm-hmm. if they shoot you down because you go, okay, I'm looking at what you've done. Who am I to question yeah. you? They got skins on the wall. They have, they, they have yeah. them. Right. And so when I began to 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 kind of venture out, I'm testing the waters. I'm asking questions. These are industry experts and. Crazy enough, I knew I was on the right track when I was called crazy. (laughs) So (laughs) one of your mentors said that's a crazy idea. They were like, that'll never work.
0: Wow. Interesting.
1: Right. And I'm a big i love i'm a I'm a pro- prolific reader right i i love steve jobs i love yeah. you know bill gates i love um just just the story of, yeah. of of how they ended up where they are and the one thing that was common throughout you know a lot of the most successful entities that we have is you know people thought they were crazy they thought that the idea of what they were proposing was was insane yep and they never second guess themselves Mm -hmm. and so in that in that line of thinking um, what i it kind of reaffirmed because they're not telling me i'm crazy because of the idea of creating a luxury home utilizing shipping containers they're just telling me i'm crazy right yeah why would you do that yeah why would not you just do it out of wood (laughs) like so that that showed me that you're not getting it. You don't understand. I'm I'm trying to use an alternative material to accomplish the same goal, but do so in a way that's you know more efficient, stronger, more secure, and has a longer um, shelf life yeah. than the traditional model that we've you know we're currently used to. And I, look, I build homes out of traditional materials. Traditional being, you know, lumber. Yep. There's nothing wrong with it. I just think there's a better way there has to be a better way right Mm -hmm. and so in in embarking upon that journey they they were adding you know just pure gasoline to a a match right because that's all it was 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 an idea so So now
0: now you had to prove it that you could do it
1: absolutely yeah absolutely because my vision was not being questioned it was the idea yeah Right? So I'm like, yeah. if you don't get the idea, that's one thing. If you're, if you're giving me tangibles as to why not, that's a different right. story altogether. Right. You're just saying, shit, why not? Yeah. You know, just, just use traditional materials. Yeah, That was the point. Yeah. The point was to use an alternative material to accomplish the same task. And can, can it be done? Yeah. And so as we embarked upon that journey, the, the affirmations that I would receive further kind of inspired me to, to to pursue it and to push it. Right. And then you start talking to experts, and then you start looking at, you know, what's being do- done globally utilizing this material. Yeah. So I'm not crazy, yeah. right? It's just something that we're not yeah. currently being done on a mass production here in the United States. But you go to Europe, you go, you know, everywhere in the world, no yeah. one uses wood to construct. It's either cement or steel. Yeah. So that idea... Was being reinforced, it was constantly being reinforced, and so, as we pursued um, to 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 put this into fruition, and I saw the first unit kind of go up in a week, you know, so we go from having nothing mm. to having three thousand square foot of framed residential, yeah it's it's proof positive right yeah. so you know if you're framing a three thousand square foot house how long does it take you versus you know in one week i had my floors my ceilings my perimeter walls yeah. already done i'm getting that all right check that off yes right. you're crazy but it worked right and then you know it became the question of luxury how do you change the the aesthetic of this metal box yeah into something that is beautiful yeah well that's now more in line with just traditional construction, and and you know my my partner and general contractor, uh, B, Brent Schaefer, yeah. uh, with BE Schaefer Custom Homes, um, I had to give him a shout out. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know sure. he knows luxury, right? He knows material. He works with material. That's his his passion. Yeah. So when we got together and we started really massaging it out, we were able to produce the thing that couldn't be produced. Okay. And so that that was really the. The story of of kind of walking, you know, that process, and and I, you know, I, I turned unlikely people into, you know, mentors, you know, right. meeting with Silver Ventures over at Pearl and sharing with them what you know the idea of what we were doing and getting their feedback, um, and and they really kind of gave me that 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 positive push, like That's cool. that. Look, when, when we decided to or, or when. The, the 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 manager of that fund decided to transition an old brewery into a live work play environment. Mm. We thought he was crazy. <laughs> Is that right? Absolutely. Wow, I did because, not know that. He didn't want any any national chains. Yeah. He didn't want to to replicate anything that had been done. He he was creating it from his head. He wanted to bring something sustainable to the city of San Antonio that. Yeah celebrated what pearl brewery meant to the city and to that community but then right. doing so in a way that he was supporting you know small entrepreneurs small businesses that's cool you know johnny hernandez right um you know who who opened up his first footprint within you know the the, the pearl confines yeah. um bringing the the culinary institute of america yeah, to the city of san antonio they didn't even want to come wow right they they told him he must be crazy yeah so that yeah. word kept coming up, right? And the reason was because San Antonio is known for Tex Mex. Why would we bring a culinary institute and place it within the, you know, the, the city of San Antonio when there's Chicago, there's New York, there's Houston, there's and they ran these stores. He goes, Well, I'll pay for it.
0: Wow. I did not know
1: that. He said, I'll pay for it. And I yeah, said, well, cool. if you're paying okay. for it, well, come yeah. on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so we've seen what a visionary yeah. you know who is undeterred by the naysayers we've seen what that produces and the pearl has just been an unbelievable success yeah. more so than than anything we've seen in my you know 12 years being here in so the city. true Right. I mean it is it is a place where families come and gather. We can go and and listen to live music. There's a green space. There's a I mean everything that was Jazz Texas. Texas. Oh Oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. Shout out. Exactly. (laughs) LSA, right? LSA. Yeah. So, you know, when I when I had the opportunity to sit down and listen to that story, you know, again. I believe God speaks to us in in, in, in mysterious ways. Yep. right? We, we we get whispers constantly. It's whether or not we choose to hear them. Yeah, and those were whispers for me. Yeah, that I hey, keep keep moving. Okay, stop. Don't 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 allow the 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 sludge that you're in yeah. to stop you because it's you can still move. Yeah, it's not cement. It's just yeah. mud. Yeah, so you just got to keep walking to get out of the mud. Yeah, and so. You know, those were 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 um, motivators yeah. for me to continue. And I use individuals like yourself. You know, I would always talk about the project. I'd always throw it out there as to what it was we were doing, what our goals were. Yeah. And I want to hear what the market is going to say. Yeah. And you know, man, that sounds cool. You know, with the scrunched-up face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. <laughs> yeah. Let me know let what it's finished. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let me let me know. <laughs> Um, and we've encountered some, you know, various delays, which is not uncommon in development, yeah. but every delay, man, it was, for me, it was 10 times the delay True. because it's, it's, you're being delayed because of the material, right? You, you've hit a rock, you've hit a stone yeah. when these were just traditional, I mean, run of the mill, yeah. you know, uh, developmental services delays, right? You know, things that everybody kind of encounters along the way. And there is that embarrassment yeah. that, that comes along with it where it's like, man, I didn't hit that benchmark. I didn't hit this. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you're going to learn really quickly that, you, yeah, you can be embarrassed, but you can't allow embarrassment to consume you. So true. Right. You, I cannot be concerned with the thoughts of others. I can't let another human being take me out of my position through their words yeah. or their thoughts or their feelings. I can't even be concerned. Yeah. All I can say is, hey, this is going to be a hell of a journey. ride with me or sit on the sidelines and have all of the opinions that you want don't share them with me because i'm not interested and we keep it moving and so that is you know that that is a part of that journey and so once those windows went up once those you know the the drywall went up once the the floors go in once the lighting goes in like now right people are like i knew it yeah Uh, that's beautiful yes but but that's not containers yeah of course, it's, right. And those are it's sticks like, out there, yeah, right? Yeah, right? It's <laughs> like those aren't can't be, right? You know what happened right. to the interior walls? How yeah. did you get an open floor plan? How yeah. did you do this? Yeah, right. It's it's, it's patented. Absolutely, right. So, and, that,
0: and that process I can imagine
1: was really tough. You know, I'm a. I don't. Uh, I'm transparent, and and I believe if I have an answer to your question, I don't get any power in keeping it from you. Yeah. I'm going to give you all of me yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I never really stopped assisting businesses. Yeah. So when I walked away from the governor's office, if, if, you know, someone called me and they had a question regarding international business, if they had a question, I would always feel that, that, that call. I would still go and do speeches or, or talks on behalf of the office yeah. in the field. Um, when I began to invest in businesses, um, you know, I'm, I'm helping a small business. That is, has the potential for, for growth and expansion. So it just so happens that one of those businesses that I had provided a level, you know, a lot of time and assistance, yeah. he had filed over 25 patents. Oh, wow. Shout out to angel seven industries. Yeah. And he sat me down and says, oh man, all you have to do is, and what is a, a mountain to me yeah. was an anthill to him Oh wow! because he had gone so through So he the stepped you through it. No, he did it for me. Oh, wow. So, you know, when you constantly are a blessing to others, they become blessings to you. Yeah. And, and, and nothing is more true in this world. I, 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 I'll tell you to, to help your fellow man is more rewarding than you could possibly imagine. There yeah. is no nobility in knowing or, or hiding knowledge or, or keeping an expertise and, and putting it in your pocket yeah. because you don't want people to know.
0: Yeah, it's you, so true. You,
1: you have to give it. Right. And yeah. as you give it, you receive it. Yeah. And um, that that was one of those situations where he walked in and he's like, man, I do this in my sleep. That's so I didn't know that story. And he, that's cool. He he had me on the phone with his attorneys out in Chicago yeah. and they did it all on on, you know, pro bono. Oh, my goodness. And, it, and a lot of it is because of, you know, the good faith that we put out there. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to sound like a like a. um, um a wise man or anything, but it, it, it's just those old lessons, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: I think, that, I think the piece to this, it's really important for entrepreneurs to, to capture in this what you just shared, is, is, is that in your journey, you're going to come across people who need help. And there can be almost this. Uh, there can be almost na- this nature sometimes, and I feel it as an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, sometimes you can feel like you know, well, you know, I, this is my time. But but, I, but I've I've you know over this course of my, I've only been an entrepreneur for about seven years. My my business, Luxury Home Magazine, really was an entrepreneur. I was a teacher before that. Okay, but I think that we get opportunities to step in and help. And every one of those moments is a building block to our legacy, right? It's a building block to something in the future. Not that we're giving to you know get something in return, but just giving because you know what someone gave to me down you know not too long ago. Someone sat me down and said, hey, "Don't do, don't do that again." Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I think you, I do think there's this. You you
1: do have to be giving in this process of being an entrepreneur. I, I agree. One thousand percent. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it, there is nothing beneficial in hiding information, right? It, right. It, it's all about sharing. And if I have an answer, um, I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I don't want to see anyone fail. Right. I, I want to see you succeed. And if I can be a part of that, that story, and I don't, I don't want credit. I don't want, you don't have to give me a yeah. shout out. Right. It, it's just, I know that, you know, we all go through dark moments. Yeah, uh, especially in the entrepreneurial journey. Right. And, and it's if I can be a beacon of light yeah. for that, that temporary moment of doubt of, of that temporary moment of, of self questioning, then, you know, that makes me feel good. Um, That's Right. And I, 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 I try to live my life that way.
0: That's good. Now, let's talk about the finish because you I mean, one of the units is pretty much done. We're done. I know. I I've seen the pictures. And we I'm going to put the pictures on the screen, but I think later when we do this actual YouTube, we're going to actually put them so that you know, full res so as you're talking about this. So talk about this project now that people can drive by and and they and they're like he 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 did it. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Talk about the project at Park Avenue right by the Pearl. Talk about it.
1: So while I pull up these pictures. Absolutely. So what we um what we built at at the Pearl or on Park Avenue, um, near the Pearl, uh, is four two thousand six hundred and eighty square foot uh, units that are built utilizing shipping containers as the uh, perimeter wall of the units. Right, so you can see that right
0: here. You you obviously can't tell. Right right that right. that is a shipping container so, although if you look at the end you can kind of see it
1: right at the, and, the, the and very, we, at the very end we we did that on purpose because now what we're encountering is these are you know these are not shipping containers and, really? and, and that's part of the journey right is that, that i need you to appreciate that the use of the material can be constructed in a way that is beautiful appealing aesthetically yeah. uh, uh pleasing and the only way we can do it is, is you know, to keep those doors on right. so that they can walk in and be like, well, you know, how, how will the, those shipping container doors be there if it's right. not a shipping container? Because right. nothing about the construction lends itself to be deemed a, a shipping container. We're right. 24 feet wide. We're 40 feet deep. If you go to any other townhomes in the area, they're you know 20 feet wide, 24 feet wide, 16 feet wide, 40, 30 feet deep. So yeah. visually, it looks to be the same. Yeah. Um, the only difference is that behind that sheetrock yeah. is steel. Yeah. So the structural integrity of our building is a lot more durable than that of traditional construction. Yeah. This home is going to be around for you know the next 300 years. There yeah. is nothing uh, that can deteriorate on the inside of those walls. So from a home value perspective, you don't have to worry about the traditional uh, cost associated with home maintenance because you you don't have that that interior kind of fluctuation that you have with traditional materials. And speaking from experience, I know that when you... Build with traditional materials and you try to do something that may be outside of the box, well, there has to be a load calculation that has to be taken into consideration or or you will have structural failures. Yeah And so uh, that's one of the most exciting things about you know what we're doing is that this is going to be you know a home for the next you know 100 years. yeah, and that your grandkids can come back and and that that idea of home ownership and pride in home ownership, Is gonna still be there.
0: Yeah, I love it. Now, just just to see the beauty, I want to talk about this living room. I'm gonna show a picture because when I saw this, I was like, "Man, he did it. This is. I love this picture. Look at that." we gotta give a a, a a shout out to
1: rick rick garza my goodness no he did a fantastic job this is amazing and so the what's being shown is is really the the coup de grace when it comes to our material right right there are no structural walls uh in this shot um the 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 Beauty of it is that you get that open floor plan that we've become so accustomed to. Right. That allows for you to have your kitchen that oversees the dining area and the living area where families congregate. I mean, this is where you're going to spend 90 percent of your time in the kitchen. Yep. Right. And this shows that nothing is compromised in utilizing the material. Yeah. That if anything, you know, you're able to get that beauty, that luxury that you want and that you desire with with even added structural kind of security with with without having to worry about any uh anything because this kitchen is sitting above the first floor right um on the other units the kitchen sits on the third floor yeah so it 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 really lends itself for a multitude of variation when it comes to how you lay out that floor plan
0: that's killer i want to show I love this picture too because you can kind of get a shot back, you know, into the kitchen. I mean, you, you, you guys, you, you, you went, you, you did it right. You did it right, Robert. I mean, that kitchen looks awesome. Thank you. Nice work Thanks. on that. Talk, talk to me a little bit about, you know, obviously when you do a project like this, you, you you've got people that say, "Okay, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. You're going to do shipping, you're going to make it luxury." Tell me something uh, in terms of going through this process, what do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned in this process to put this? Because pro- now the proof of concept is here. And that was the big thing we talked about in our Absolutely. cigar session. Absolutely. Proof of concept is here. What have you learned from this project that you're going to take to your next project that you mentioned to me?
1: Um, there's several. And, and proof of concept has been proven. Right. So we've already sold a unit. Uh, we have congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Um, we we have several t- uh, uh, interested parties in in the completed unit, and then you have others that are that are looking to modify the floor plan in units uh, two and three. So the the, the fire has been lit. Yeah. I, I can kind of exhale and you know breathe a little bit easier. Um, the lessons that we learned here are, are several, and and the the biggest one for me, and this is going to be sound a little kind of funny, but when people show you who they are, yeah. believe them. <laughs> Listen? <laughs> yeah, believe them. Right? Um, right. Don't, don't attempt to, to, to make someone um, what or who they're not. Okay. Um, th- that was a huge lesson because in construction... Construction is a dirty game. Yep. I mean, it, when it comes to material costs, when it comes to workforce, when it comes to subcontractors, I mean, it, it's something that you have to have your, your, your eyes on the ball at all, at all times. And, you know, in working with this material and, and kind of encountering some of the, the obstacles that we have, you know, when, when someone shows you who they are, don't try to make them somebody else or something no. else. Don't make excuses for who or what they have, have exposed themselves to be. Um, that That's the that, that's the life pearl yeah. that, that came out of the, the, yeah. the project. Yeah, which is a good one. Absolutely. No, you know, it, it, we won't make that mistake again, right? I assure you. Um, but from a construction standpoint, um, we've learned that the material lends itself for so much more than what we even gave mm. in the first project. Mm. Interesting. So... One of the, the, the next uh, projects that we're working on, which is on the corner of St. Mary's and Euclid. Okay. Uh, shout out to the, the Tobin Hill Community Association. Yes. We're working very closely with them to, to kind of refine our design. Um, but, but what we're able to do is create units that are so unique to the, the, the buyer's wants. Right. That we can put concrete floors on the third floor. We can put, um, you know, a a concrete accent wall uh, on the backside to give you that that New York or that East Coast, you know, Soho warehouse district feel without compromising the structural integrity. That's cool. And so, you know, one of the things that we're looking to do on um, that project is, you know, have three different models where you have that open industrial look, where you have polished concrete floors, you have the raw Brick accent walls. You have that open floor plan, and you're overlooking, you know, the beautiful downtown yeah. uh, of San Antonio. Your neighbor above you can be as traditional as they want to be. The neighbor below can be as modern as they want to be. So mm-hmm. the material really affords us an opportunity to to really showcase, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a level of living that is not um um able to be showed when you use traditional materials because you can't pour concrete on the second floor right because you're dealing with structural issues at that point so we're really gonna kind of allow for the creative juices to flow we've gotten with a really um uh, innovative hungry uh, architectural firm that okay. is really coming with some some really wild designs for us yeah. um and i'll share those with you as they are produced yeah. and so you know it's, it's exciting like you 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 get the the burden of transitioning that thought process off your your back now it's about let's create that's right let's have fun well, let's flex some muscles let's let's, let's show yeah what we can do. yeah that's so exciting that, we're really excited well, about that
0: i gotta tell you man congratulations because i mean i remember in those cigar sessions just i i was trying to really envision your your catch that passion correct right and and you've out you've outdone even what i thought like i'm just i'm blown away this is fantastic
1: that means a lot and
0: i can't wait to walk in this because i haven't got the chance to see this personally so we're gonna have to make that happen absolutely asap um so for for people that if they're interested they're listening they're like i want to go see this who do they need to
1: call they need to get in contact with sandra uh ringale yep um I shut my phone off as a courtesy. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would give her contact information. Yeah. Um, We could put that in a video. We'll have their number on there. Yep, Sandra Ringgill. Absolutely amazing uh, realtor. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with her for over 10 years. She's very aggressive, very personable. Uh, just an amazing human being. Yes. So she would be able to provide them with all the information that they need regarding this project as well as uh, Legacy loss on St. Mary's.
0: Legacy lofts. Oh, I can't wait to see that. So we're going to switch gears because we've got, I've only got time for one more question. Sure. All right. So... Uh, there's a book that was written by Tim Ferriss. You know Tim Ferriss? I do He, not. Wrote, he wrote The Four Hour Work Week. That was kind of like his big book. Um, and then he wrote a book called A Tribe of Mentors, which I think this is right up your alley. The, the book is this thick, Robert. It's, it's a monster, okay?
1: Thank God but, for Audible.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what he did was really interesting. He asked the same questions to a group of people. And he tried to go after all these people that were the top of their industry. And he wanted to get like, hey, here are my questions. You know, I want you to answer all these questions. And then he put it in a book form. So he took everything they wrote and he put it in a book form. And the, the questions are like, they're I mean, they're all over the place. There's, there's some real light. There's some real deep. They're all over the place. But I think the question that I think would be really interesting because I know you like to read. So here's the question that I think we'll wrap up on this is this, is that um, people like to give books as gifts. What book, and it didn't have to be one, but what book would you say, man, I've given this away? Or maybe you haven't given it away, but you know you want to, but that has had the biggest impact on your life and why?
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah, you caught me. You caught me. As a man thinketh. Ooh, I know that book. I received that uh as a gift when I graduated from high school. Who and gave you that book? My mother. Really? My mother. She she gave me As a Man Thinketh and I read it and it 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 had an impact at the moment. Yeah. And then as you go through college, I read it again. Right? And yeah. and it has a different meaning and a different impact. Yeah. Um, upon graduation, I read it again. Mm. different meaning, different impact, yeah when you hit that that period of doubt, questioning what what's next, how should I move? You read it again yeah. and it's always been uh a book that I've turned to 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 help me realign my energies and my focus on what's important, right prioritizing um understanding what what role i play in the overall outcome that i'm seeking and when you mentioned giving it away it was when i was in law school and that law school is just overly stressful for no apparent reason. <laughs> um, but I'm sitting there and, and, you know, you go through and you go, man, is this really, is it worth it? Do I want to be here? Um, it wasn't the necessary. it wasn't the difficulty of the studies as much as it was the actual, do I want to practice? You, yeah. you, you know, and so you read the book. And at the time, I had a lot of my dear friends who were in medical school or, you know, they're starting their own business or they were doing just just different things. And I got a refund check from, um, you know, when you're in your school, you get your, oh, yeah, your, your yeah, 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 yeah. stipend. Yep. And I had just finished reading the book and it leaves you with a high, yeah. right? Because you realize that, you know, what you plant and really I've actually been referencing a lot of the, the metaphors that they use in the book throughout our discussion today is, you know, yeah. what you plant, yeah. you know, so shall you reap. But in order for you to, to, to reap, the fruit that you plant, you have to you know, manage that, that environment that that seed is growing in. You have to make sure that you are, are weeding uh, the, the garden. You have to make sure that you're, you're providing the appropriate amount of water, the sunshine. Because if you don't, that seed cannot see its full potential Right. because there are outside factors. So I went out and I bought like 15 of those books. And I just started sending them out like crazy because it it was like a light bulb had gone off. I was not going to practice law. I was going to go into business. This is this is that moment that, you know, it's okay. I need to water a different, you know, seed still in the same garden. But, you know, application is different. Yep. And the one thing in that book that stands out the most is that whether you plant a seed or not, something's going to grow yeah right so whether i go out and i plant a seed and and the garden is your mind yes something is going to grow right and and that that growth may not be what you want it may be weeds it may be naysayers it may be you know um forces that are not going to to want you to succeed or see the best tomas that they can see but something will will prosper in that that soil regardless of your actions so it it behooves you to get out there and till that soil and to put things that are going to to um produce fruit intentionally yeah versus feeding that that soil with nothing or with with foolishness that are going to reap you know fruit that are not edible yeah and so um I wasn't expecting that question. But yeah, as a man, thinketh it is definitely true. my my 100 percent go to um, over the last over 20 plus years. Yeah.
0: I had a really good friend of mine, uh, Johnny Morris. Hopefully he's listening. Um, he was going through an interesting time in his life and he, he said, look, I need a book. I need a book. And that's the book that I sent them because that that book you can get a PDF. So everybody that's listening, you can literally download the PDF. There's no excuse not to find this book. Go get the PDF and read it. It is amazing. I love that book. That's funny. Uh, I
1: actually have a copy in the car for you. <laughs> oh, you do really? That's fantastic. No, I mean it. it really, yeah. it, it's one of those, and I, I believe that you know you have to feed yourself. With that type of energy, right? Yes. It's about surrounding yourself with people like yourself, and 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 understanding, you know, that and trusting yeah. that they want to see the best for you, and 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 vice versa. Yeah. And it, it's it really supports that idea. You know, my grandfather used to say, if you ever question how people look at you, show me your, your the three friends you hang out with the most. <laughs> right. Right. And. and, and it's not until later once again those pearls that he would drop in that that old you know young brain and then it's not until later that you 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 ask that question and then you go well who am i hanging out with the most because that's that's your peer group that's what people are seeing yep and so uh yeah I'm That's happy awesome. to hang out with you and smoke cigars. Listen, we got to do another <laughs> cigar session Absolutely. ASAP.
0: Well, listen, Robert, you've been on TM3 Impact. I want to thank you for your time and congratulations. Uh, we're definitely going to make sure we get the number so people can contact, learn more about your pro- both projects that you have coming up. And we wish you even more success in the future, my friend. Keep grinding and uh, we'll be talking soon, my friend. Take Absolutely. care. Pleasure was mine. Thank you very All much. Right.